I, I don't understand why more people in entertainment don't have kids because every pilot, every unproduced pilot I've ever written is like a baby. And so <laughs> I've taken care of all those babies. And so I've really had a lot of experience. Yeah, they're and... exactly the same. We get a lot of network notes on our daughter. <laughs> but, but, to guys talking about their babies and supporting their ladies talking about the struggle talking about big papa yeah overture on the lights this is it we'll hit the heights and oh what heights we'll hit on with the show this is it it's Big Papa's. I'm Dan Worry Smith. I'm Pierre Hamilton. We're back for another week. How's everybody doing out there? Don't answer. We'll assume you said great. Or or amazing. Yeah. Any less than great, we really don't want to hear it. And we <laughs> won't, unless you want to, I don't know, tweet at us or something. We check that occasionally. <laughs> uh, what's going on, Pierre? How you feeling? I'm oh, feeling good. We're about to talk some what? We're about to talk some entertainment. The theme of the show today is entertainment. Uh, I don't know out there if you're a dad or a mom listening, what the extent to which your kids watch TV. I know that Zoe and I were super obsessed early on about the idea of not showing Goldie anything if we could possibly avoid it. I think we do pretty well now. We only let her watch stuff on the weekends, and usually it's first thing in the morning to try to extend our sleep a little bit. I will say that when we put on a show on Netflix, which is almost always what we're doing because we got it right there on the Apple TV, uh, you know, she might want to watch The Wiggles. She might want to watch Peppa Pig. There's a show called Masha and the Bear that yeah, she watches. Yeah, that Russian show, right? Whoa, it is. That's, that's a trip. That show that is show. out there. It's yeah. like a fever dream. <laughs> Sometimes she wants to watch that. Whatever it is on Netflix, uh, I don't really feel bad letting her watch an episode or maybe two. Although I will say the way that they tee up that next episode to just keep on flowing, to binge, uh, Goldie kind of expects the next show to come on and she can get grumpy when oh, we say that's it you don't say so that's that's you know, that but i think i feel like actually that does help to keep us thinking of it as something that we only want to do in really uh limited serving sizes uh because we know she's going to get grumpy we're often like let's just do one episode or a half episode a lot of these shows kind of do a nice halfway mark there's two different stories paw patrol is one that does that i think masha does it as well uh, oh she paw loves paw patrol they've whatever they've got they've they've found a way to hook into kids yeah, brains yeah. with that and like she you know we bought her a paw patrol t-shirt recently that she loves to wear <laughs> But of course, I love that too. I love that she has a shirt she's excited to put on. So uh, you know, bless Paw Patrol too. The, um, you know what's the crazy thing about this is that Paw Patrol is a huge and massive show. And I remember we went to this party and they got like a Paw Patrol, like they got Marshall to come in. You know, like not Marshall, Marshall, the like animated uh, character, but obviously like a human in a suit. Uh, yeah. That was acting out, and the I was real like, Marshall. "Yeah, the real Marshall." And I was like, Dude. "Oh, this is cool." But then I realized that 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 person wasn't that good. You oh, know what I mean? That's... When you're like, "Oh, hey, hey, hey," you gotta like, you gotta come with more energy than that. Gotta protect the brand. Yeah, like, and it was it was it was amazing seeing the kids because the second they came out. Like the, the the Marshall came out. Oh my God! It was like a, a something just switched in them. They're like Marshall, Marshall. I want to take a picture with Marshall. Uh -huh. You're like it was literally like Tiff 
for these little kids. They were like, oh my God, it's a, it's a film festival. Like, I got to get a picture with Brad. Is Tom Hanks here? Who else is here? Jessica Chastain? Oh, I love them. Uh, and it's amazing to see that in that. Like, that's just like actually a human thing is that like we are like celebrity. Like, these are the people they see. It's like if the, your daughter saw, if Goldie saw the Wiggles in real life, what would happen? Would her mind be it explode? Like, would it explode? Well, I'm going to be able to report on this uh, sometime in the next season because we are going to the oh Wiggles my God. next month. And I will say, I've been telling people <laughs> when I scored good seats for the Wiggles, I was just as excited, if not more, as when I scored good seats for Radiohead last year. <laughs> like, I'm so excited to take Goldie to the Wiggles show. And I do think she will be weirded out. Yeah. Like, I think she'll get into a groove and, uh, you know, she knows we're going to the Wiggle show, but I don't think she can really conceive that they're real people and we're going to be in the same room as them. I hope there's a meet and greet. I will stand in a line. I don't care how long the wait is. Simon. Yeah. For uh, her to be able to meet Simon, Lockie, Emma, Anthony. Captain and Feathersword, Lockie, Wags the dog. Lockie and, and Emma, they broke up, didn't they? Yeah, they're not a couple. I heard they did yeah, break yeah, up. Yeah, that was I sad. about that. I did hear about that. That's how it works. Sometimes in the entertainment business, right? It doesn't always last. Yeah, I wonder behind the scenes. Uh, I hope they're still tight. I mean, they're <laughs> definitely cashing some pretty big Wiggles checks, so uh, I would imagine. But yeah, I, I think it's going to blow her mind. She's going to be totally overjoyed, and I do think, and the same as if Marshall walked into a party she was at, I think she's going to be a little freaked out. Yeah, no, that's definitely going to happen. What I want to give you, one piece of advice, because I've seen some of those uh, uh, some of those concert like uh, uh, clips on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. There is a section that says, like, no adults, right? So, like, there's a very clear, like, kids-only dancing section. Oh. Don't cross that, because... I don't know what's going to happen to you. I just I don't want the worst to happen, and I don't want that to be captured and spread all over the internet, Dan. I don't want that to be you. I okay? assume it's a Running Man-like situation yeah. where my head will blow up if I enter the section. Or just tackled by somebody, and it's just going to be – it might be very funny, but also very bad for you know just the internet. I've seen those clips, too. I, I would It would be amazing if they have that kind of section of the show. I don't know if they have the space for it, but if they do, I mean, Goldie, Goldie's going to have – well, either she'll have a blast going up there – or she will refuse to go if we can't yeah. go with her. That might be it, which, of course, is adorable. So <laughs> I love when she gets a little clingy. Um, but, yeah, uh, kids' entertainment, uh, I mean, there's tons of stuff she hasn't watched. I'm super afraid of her ever finding out about YouTube. I don't know how much yes. of this stuff is just, like, fear-mongering, but, like, you hear about, like, someone doctors a clip of Peppa Pig to oh, tell yeah. a kid how to commit suicide or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck that. I got no time for Goldie watching that stuff. Anyways, luckily, that's uh, that's a far ways off for now it's like can we just cut her off after one episode of masha and the bear in the morning and then get about our saturday after catching a little bit more sleep uh but yeah you know uh, it, it, i loved tv when i was a kid like i remember i couldn't wait to watch the stuff that i loved uh, you know simpsons reruns i'll watch it over and yeah, over and Zadie over again loves the simpsons and he like sometimes i watch oh. it and i'm like we like it it sometimes it'll be on and then she'll be like oh i love the simpsons and we're like yeah okay you can watch a little bit and then i watch it and i'm like Oh, wait a second. Like she won't get it, but I was like, Oh yeah, that, that, that part's maybe not the greatest For right sure. there. It's like, a little adult. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh and I think that's the thing too, right? Is like we don't put on The Simpsons for her as just like a choice, but the, she's got into this like pretty, I would call it manipulative thing that she does where if, you know, let's say we get home and whatever, maybe it's just a stressful day and you're just tired and we're like, you know, look, we just want to watch the news. I don't know why I would turn on the news to not to like actually <laughs> alleviate my stress, but sometimes you do yeah. just a little CNN, a little, little, little wolf blitzer in the, in the afternoon. Oh, good God. Um, and 
honestly, she'll be like, oh, dad, I want to watch news. If we're not, so let's say we get home and we're not doing anything. She'll be like, oh, dad, I want to watch news. And then I'll be like, oh, actually, yeah, maybe I'll flip it on. I'll turn it on. And then she'll be like, I don't like this news. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what, what, what news do you want? I'll try the Canadian one, which is even more boring. So she's like, oh, no, I don't like this one either. She's like, Simpsons. And I'm like, uh, I see what happened here. So yeah. I'm like, that's the thing. They can the be rope a dope. Exactly. They're like master manipulator and negotiator. She will be. She can always negotiate her way, or she can try to negotiate her way into watching a show. Yeah. Dada, I was listening. I clean. Like I did this thing. I cleaned up. Can I watch this, just one show? It begins. Just one. Well, <laughs> speaking of stuff that you know can be entertaining for both our generation and our kids, I'm really excited. I think I'm still a little ways off, but you know, a lot of the, especially like Pixar flicks that I just watched before I was a dad on my own time because I like them. I mean, even going back to Toy Story when we were still mm-hmm. pretty young, a lot of those like Monsters Inc. is so smart and entertaining. And aside from the scariness, which we'll have to, girl, you'll have to get to a certain age before I feel comfortable showing her that, or The Incredibles, um, and you know, all the Toy Story flicks come to mind. I'm really excited to show her stuff that we can both enjoy because there's stuff for kids, but there's also really smart stuff for adults. Secret Life of that oh, was Zadie's dude. first movie. She loves Secret part two. We watched part two in the, the theater. theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us too. She was. It was. It was dope. And I just uh, honestly, the first movie, I was like, this is really good. It's funny. The second one, I was like, this is also still good. It's I still pretty like, good. like it. Was pretty, it's good it was enough. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. That's interesting. And I think you know maybe we won't we won't dwell too too much on it. But it's funny because Zadie uh, and Jess is really into those old Disney movies, right? And so like Zadie has seen Beauty and the Beast, which for the most part, I mean, it's a it's a good movie, but it has some elements of like darkness to it. And I've sure. seen Zadie like, like sort of, she likes the movie, but she'll be like, oh, it's scary. Yeah. Like this is part scary. Um, so it is that balance of like, you know, and trying to explain to her when we see something that like this is what's going on. The one thing that is interesting about it is that Beauty and the Beast, Belle is obviously a very smart and well read person uh, in the movie. And Gaston, the the idiot, like macho dude. A boor. Yeah. It's just like, is it's funny because I like that there's the older Disney movies don't have that, right? It's always just like a damsel in distress. You need yeah. to be rescued. We're wary of that stuff. Yeah. But it's nice to be able to let her watch that and at least be like, you know what? Like, there are multiple variations of being out there and you don't just have to be this other one, right? They're like waiting for the rescue. And so when, when she watches it, even if there's something in me that's like, oh, like really? Oh, like it just ends up with them getting married. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I think at least there's that component that makes it a little bit better for, you know, a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah. I think some of the newer Disney flicks like Frozen in its way and definitely something like Moana yeah. is a, you can feel a lot more comfortable showing to a little girl. We are, you know, we're wary of the Disney princess thing, and I'm sure there are some some of those Disney films that I just probably will will not show to Goldie because you know they're just too or you know Peter Pan is like super racist like there's there is some problematic stuff there. That said, we are very excited to sign up for the Disney Plus streaming service <laughs> when they come to Canada. So excited, in fact, that I'm willing to say Disney Plus and do the French, put the French on it. Well done, Disney. Well done once again. Um, well. Uh, 
a lot to a lot to think about there, and uh, certainly we'll we'll keep trying to limit Goldie's scream time as much as we can, but also to try not to be too hard on ourselves when it is time to watch something. And you know what? Watching movies, especially going to the movies, you know, watching that stuff, that's a family activity too sometimes. And like I said, with some of those films that maybe have a little more artistic merit to them, uh, or at least are something that we can all enjoy on kind of an equal footing, uh, I'll be really excited to show Goldie uh, as she grows up. And uh, I will be right back with our feature presentation today on Big Papa's. Back at it with Nicole, the founder of Nama Mama. Uh, Nicole, wanted to ask you, uh, what has been the most rewarding experience of launching this line of products for baby and the whole family? I think I would have to say all the wonderful feedback I've gotten from people who are using this product on themselves, on their babies. It's just been amazing to hear how wonderful it's been for them and how it's helped them. Yeah, you you go out to like trade show, like family type of events like that, as well as offering the products online. Um, Do you get to meet people in person when you go back to some of these events as opposed to just maybe hearing about it on Instagram or something like that? Yeah, for sure. I love going to these events. I I actually get to see people again for the second or third time. They always come back to me telling me how much they love the products, how they want to buy more. And I love just getting it out there in people's hands and talking about the products and showing them how awesome and wonderful it really is. Nama Mama is on a mission to help families live better, healthier, happier lives by handcrafting all natural artisanal products for mama, baby, and the whole family. Check them out at namamama.com. That's N-A-M-A-M-A-M-A. Don't forget to use our promo code for 15% off at checkout. That's Big Papas, all caps, one word, promo code Big Papas. Nama Mama, it's the bomb. All right, I am chatting today with Holly Prazoff and Joe Wengert. Holly is a comedian from Toronto, an amazing sketch performer who you may have seen all over the stages of the Upright Citizens Brigade throughout this decade. Joe, originally from the Philly area, he's a UCB sketch comic and improviser. He's written for and appeared on some of your favorite TV comedy series. They are married, living in L.A. with their daughter, Winnie, who is seven months old. Do I have that right? Yeah, seven months, yeah. Amazing. Holly and Joe, thank you so much for being with me here today on Big Papa's. Oh, yeah. Thanks thank, for having Thank us. you for having us. So you're still, you know, seven months, obviously, that's a nice chunk of time, but you're still in the fairly early days of parenting. How would you say the experience is going just kind of in general so far? I think it's going great. I mean, it, we have a pretty, uh, Winnie is a pretty easy baby as far wow. as I can tell, or at least comparing her to other babies. And she's very um, pleasant, and she sleeps when she's supposed to sleep. And um, I have to say a lot of these things because she's in the room right now. But I, but I, <laughs> I think I would be saying the same if she wasn't. Smart, smart. Yeah, I think I'm. I you know the first three months were pretty rough for me. I know this is more of a daddy centric podcast, but <laughs> um, you know breastfeeding was much harder than I thought it was. 
And I think now we're kind of in like a nice phase where she does some breastfeeding, but she's eating foods and like, it's fun to take her places. Cause like everything is like a new experience that she's like excited to see. Uh, so I, I assume both of you, like your parents or the most of the family that you have is back in your hometowns and not in LA. That's correct. Yeah. Joe's family is in Philly and my family. Um, I have a cousin here, but other than that, my parents live in Hawaii. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, have you had visits during Winnie's early life from her grandparents and has that been impactful at all? We've had, um, almost maybe too many. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. We, we, we all went to Hawaii as in like Joe's family flew from Philly and we flew all over to visit my family and then we came back and then Joe's family was like on the FaceTime with us that weekend. And they were, they were like, see you in three weeks. And we were like, Oh my God. But at the same time, they're so, they're so excited. She's the first grandchild and currently only grandchild on both sides. Oh yeah. So they're just like really pumped and she really loves them and they all really love her. Um, and so they're, yeah, they're really making the effort to come out here a lot and spend time with her. And we also do a a lot, a lot of FaceTiming with them. A lot of FaceTiming. And I think they're like so helpful when they come, um, you know, like we get to go on a date night once or twice and like, they're just, they're great. And again, they're being very quiet, but they're also in the room. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're not here. This is one of our rare times without them here. Nicely done. Um, what What is Winnie's and your routine like at the moment at seven months? Well, it's pretty hack. It's pretty <laughs> oh, our common com- baby stuff. Our, com- uh, our, re- our comedy routine. Yeah, she have a she have a tight ten going. I mean, she does this. I mean, I don't want to say anything to her because she's so excited because she's new at it. But it's like the same stuff every baby does: she's eating, <laughs> she's sleeping. She does poo poo in the diaper, pee pee in the diaper, that kind of stuff. Um, but well, we're we've been really lucky because Joe's actually been on hiatus for a while, so he's getting to spend a lot of time with her. And I'm back to work, and we have a nanny. But we have like a pretty good routine down that feels everybody is happy about. It feels like we have it. Like it's uh, it's not easy, as you know. It's like a lot of work. Um, but as far as these things go. I feel like Holly is a very good partner and like we're both doing a good job of like communicating and helping each other. But then also we have this really great nanny and she's a full time nanny. We kind of split the morning between the two of us. But at 930, another person shows up and we kind of can fully just hand her over to that other person if we so choose. And so it it really it, it helps it a lot. Yeah, I feel I, like we're cheating. I feel like we're like on, we we have like an easy code on parenting or something with her. Right. Um, I this is a, just a question that popped up because you mentioned that you have a nanny, and I'm sure there are parents out there who kind of wonder how the process goes for different parents. How did you find your nanny, and how did you find that experience? Well, it, it was very easy for us. You want to you start it? Holly also squeaked a Child little story. duck uh, toy, and that wasn't. A Sorry, can we edit that duck? From either of us, yeah. <laughs> can we edit that out. We absolutely um, can't. <laughs> um, we were lucky. Joe's bosses. So Joe works um, on a Netflix show called Big Mouth. Perhaps and... you've heard of it, listeners. 
Yeah, perhaps. And the creators, um, one of the sets of creators is a married couple. And the, their nanny, and we're talking about like their nanny, their kids are 20 now. Their oldest is 20. So their nanny 20 years ago has like stayed with them and is like family. And she basically didn't have a family currently. And they were like, as soon as kind of I got pregnant, they were like, Zodi will be your nanny. Amazing. And we were like, okay. And then we like interviewed her and it's like, you know, it feels like another family member kind of. And it's also like, we didn't interview very many nannies. And I, I don't, I think if you go through that process, you know, you usually get references, but I like have had full interactions and conversations with other kids that she helped raise and they're great kids. So it was like kind of a no brainer because we kind of almost got to like see some of her work, if that makes sense. Like, um, and, uh, they they really raved about her too. So kind of, uh, and easy and there's the duck again. And it was intentional. Um, Um, well, you know, like it's so cute because, um, the first kid that, you know, nanny, uh, that uh, Zodi nannied, uh, she actually comes and visits Zodi and our baby. And so it's like, it's a really, it just feels like family kind of. That's great. It sounds like you guys do have a cheat code on there. Um, yeah. and for listeners out there, uh, these, a few easy steps to follow, just work yeah. on a Netflix television show, Exactly. have Become some show comedian. creators that have a nanny in their lives for multiple decades and just yes. slide her right in there. You know, one of the things that I, the mistakes a lot of people make is they go do all the work of reaching out to nannies and researching nannies. Don't do that. Have someone suggest a nanny yes. before you've ever even thought of the possibility of, of course. a nanny, which is what happened for us. Nice. Um, I have an impression, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I have an impression that in the entertainment field, it's fairly common for people not to have kids. Do you find that's accurate in your community? Um, I, I mean, all of our friends pretty much are in entertainment, and we have a lot of friends with kids. Yeah, but we have a lot that don't, and I feel like if I was still back home in Abington, Pennsylvania, I think, like, the percentage of people without kids is a lot smaller than what are you so upset about? Winnie is starting to weigh in. She firmly disagrees with this. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think that there are that there. I think it's probably more people without kids in entertainment than not. Don't you think? I, is, disagree, I I disagree, and I feel like you know, just to represent Canada, you know, I have a fr- bunch of friends who are all Canadian, you know, comedians or actors who live here, and I would say a majority of them all have children. I, I don't understand why more people in entertainment don't have kids because you've, I mean, every pilot, every unproduced pilot I've ever written is like a baby. And so <laughs> I've taken care of all those babies. And so I've really had a lot of experience. Yeah, they're and... exactly the same. We get a lot of network notes on our daughter. <laughs> Especially with all those grandparent visits. <laughs> yes, that is like a network note. Exactly. But this is where our, my husband and I disagree. I feel like there's tons of babies. Well, we have hit a hot button here early in the interview. Um, <laughs> when did the relationship really fall apart? Well, we did this podcast. And... A terrible That's idea. Um, what is the parenting community in the L.A. comedy scene like? 
it's it's good. I mean, uh, we kind of come from like the UCB like sketch and improv community where it is kind of like you know, in the same way that I would get recommendations on other things in life, like it, that has happened now with kids. And like, I've had, I have friends that have had kids at like all different times. Like I have a couple of friends who started having kids like 10 years ago up to people that like had a baby last year. And so you really do get like a wide array of like, um, uh, why can't I think of the word Adv advice from people with kids at all different ages. And so I really like that aspect of it. Yeah. I think, you know, what's interesting about like entertainment jobs is like, it's like for a year you could be doing nothing and sitting at home and spending time with your kids. And then the next thing you know, you're working on three projects simultaneously and you don't get to see your kids at all. And I think that's like the main thing that a lot of people express and talk about because it's hard. You know, we have a couple friends who, you know, their husbands are traveling all the time. Yeah, it's hard for actors because I feel like it's so rare that you just like are acting in L.A. full time if you're an actor. A lot of times it's like you're going to Atlanta or you're going to, you know, Seattle and like all these other different places. Um, Vancouver, you know, like I'll keep listing cities all day. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean. We had friends, they had to bring their kid to Fiji. That's a fun yeah. flight. Yeah, oh yeah. But they had a good time there. But like also it's like not fun having your like under two year old kid in a hotel room. Right. You know, I have friends who like their kid, they travel all the time. They're both actors. And it's like they always end up having to put their kid in the bathroom to sleep so that like they can end up making noise after seven o'clock. Right. So it's like I feel like their kid has slept in hotel bathrooms all around the world. In terms of writing it, like, it's funny, like, I went on an interview this week, and I reached out to friends that were had worked with um, the showrunner of the show. And now a question I always ask is like, do they have a family? And also, like, do they like their family? <laughs> because I feel like that has an effect on like what the vibe of the job is going to be like if you know if somebody is a it has a family that they're like trying to get home to then a lot of times the hours will be a little bit more reasonable and that's something that's kind was kind of put on my radar long before we had a kid of like something to consider because right. it is such a for writers it's it's usually like a very intense period of work for only part of the year and it's like you know your family doesn't stop existing during that time when you're trying to write your 10 episodes of your show or whatever it is has the subject of parenting made its way into any of your writing yet um well it's funny like last year i worked on a show called single parents on abc that my friend uh JJ created and I got the job because we had both worked together at New Girl and it was like also co-created by Liz Merriweather and so we were all kind of knew each other and had worked each with each other and I wasn't hired and I when they offered me the job I was coming on as one of the people without kids and then when I showed up on my first day I was like Holly is pregnant we're having a baby um <laughs> And so I felt like I didn't really have a ton to contribute in terms of parenting stories at that point. And it was almost like the opposite where 
I felt like I was like paying very close attention to all the parenting stories that everybody else was sharing because I was going to be um, heading there soon. <laughs> Did the two of you know early on in your relationship that kids were in the cards for you? I feel like we talked about it relatively early and I'm going to let you answer this question. How do you remember it? This conversation? Well, let's cut to the chase. Joe and I were kind of on the older side when we started dating. Like we were in our, yeah, we're old. (laughs) Um, We were like in our later thirties. I had already been married and divorced. So I feel like our first date was very much like, a series of questions that are like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? So I think, you know, the topic of kids came up and Joe was pretty near the beginning, really wanted to have kids. And I was kind of like, yeah, I think that's something I want to do. But we were also like, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I think before we were even married, we went and looked at like getting eggs frozen and stuff. And we kind of decided against that. And then you know, we ended up, you know, kind of pretty soon we got married. And I think by the time our one year anniversary was around, I was already like five or six months pregnant. What kind of education did you go through, like classes or reading books or that kind of stuff during the pregnancy? Well, maybe this is very L.A. of us. We don't I don't know. But we had a doula who we did classes with here. And she was a very intense woman, and she was great. She was great. She was very, very experienced, and is like delivers like what, like two hundred babies a year or something. Is 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 present at two hundred births a no, year? I think it must be a hundred. More like I, I don't somewhere know. in the one hundred to two hundred <laughs> range. Okay. And so, and she's been doing it for like twenty years. So, as um, a nervous person, it was very nice just to go and sit and talk to her was it like once a week or once a month those classes yeah once a month yeah and and she really went through ran the gamut of like everything that we needed to do all during pregnancy up through the birth up through you know uh coming home from the hospital and child care and she just really did everything i have all these videos on my phone now of this woman changing a diaper on a baby doll that I I don't think I ever actually went back and watched, but (laughs) in the days leading up to Winnie's birth, it was like very comforting to know, like no matter what happens, I I have this video I can watch if I need to, you know what I mean? Just in case (laughs) she, she also, this was something that really appeals to me. She gave us like a big green folder at the beginning with like all of these sort of like Xeroxed handouts of like different lists of like, this is what you do if your baby gets a rash or these are the foods you can't give a baby and all this stuff. And just like having this like, like physical um, uh, folder of information was very comforting. We like lists and folders yes. as a couple. So it really worked for us. Who doesn't, right? <laughs> it's Hollywood, classic Hollywood <laughs> Well, it's safe to say this is going to be our funniest episode so far with a couple of professional funny makers such as yourselves. I wanted to ask, is Winnie funny? How is her personality shaping up? I mean, I will say this. Joe and I got in an argument because he was trying to claim that Winnie understood comedy. She does. No, <laughs> because... she she There are certain 
she is at least understanding when things are um, deviating from how they normally should go, which I think is a big part of comedy. No, but so, I... No. So, like, see, here's the thing. She likes the song The Wheels on the Bus. Sure. Are you familiar? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it made it up to Canada, that song. You guys have it up there? We've got and it, eh? So we do, I do a bit with her, which is I start singing the song, but I hold the first word for too long. I'm going to do it right now, and she will react. The... on the bus go around her now i wish what, you could have seen it. this is an audio based podcast you couldn't see it indeed she was chomping on some toy keys when i started that she dropped the keys locked eyes with me made eye contact and then started waving both arms in the air and was smiling because she got that that was funny see but I'm... the beginning of the song is going on for too long no, it's funny but... My point is, she just sees that Joe is looking at her no. and is making a noise and is smiling. So her reaction is to m connect with him. No, it's not that I'm looking at her right now. Comedy. I'm looking at her right now. She couldn't care less. She's <laughs> chomping on a little plastic dinosaur. She could not care less. No, it's her. It's her appreciation for timing when it comes to comedy. I think. I think yeah. this is pretty clear. I didn't even see. No, her, but, I'm, uh... this is a baby. No, she doesn't understand comedy. But she also for a while and this was she's past this now. She's more advanced, but I wear glasses and I would take my glasses off and also would get a big laugh from her because she knows it's mm. that's weird. She gets it. I'm, I'm supposed I'm, to have glasses. No. Then not suddenly have glasses. <laughs> no, this is ridiculous. She doesn't understand comedy until she's taken all the levels at Upright Citizens Brigade Comedy. We can agree on that. E oh, I mean, she's not professionally licensed to do comedy until she does that. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yes, we. Uh, she does get comedy. I think so. I would hope at least she's yes anding when you uh, when you get, throw something <laughs> her way. I, uh, I would like to think she is in her own special way. Hey, I know comedy. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite memory of Winnie's life so far? It's funny, like I, uh, all the things I'm flashing to are like are like lowest moments. Oh yeah, it's so true. <laughs> like one time, it was Mother's Day. We went to my cousin's, and he has a Brazilian boyfriend. And like Joe was like looked at me and was like, "I think she pooed." And then he pulled Winnie away from himself, and there was just poo everywhere. Oh yeah. And Marcus was like, "She poo on you," and it was like that forever is like our she poo on you, like so much poo everywhere. What about, yeah. is it all poo related? Um, the first thing I thought of was just like, you know, the first time we like took her to the doctors was like a particularly very like sleepless night the night before and like, just like getting her into the doctors and in one piece and like, and driving the car, like the first couple of times you drive the car with oh, the baby yeah. in it. Like so intense, yeah, yeah. but I think it's very funny that those are the things that immediately <laughs> come to mind. There's been tons and tons of nice and pleasant stuff, but but yeah, it is. I mean, we have really it's a it's quite a journey you go on. 
Absolutely. You don't have to tell me about it. Um, uh, except, of course, that is the purpose of our entire interview here today, for you to tell me about it. Um, well, we're coming near the end. I don't want to take up too much of your time or take Winnie away from the two of you for much longer. So I'll just ask a final question. If you could give a piece of advice or impart maybe a little philosophy to first-time parents who are earlier in the process than you are, what would that be? Um, I would say the key piece of advice for me is do not adopt an insane dog uh, <laughs> less than a year before oh my God. getting pregnant and having a baby, which we did. We got a, a rescue dog, a used dog, really. Um, and he's a Bichon poodle mix named Tony. And, and he's very cute, but he's very demanding and um it's just like it's totally wild to have like um two things that i'm responsible for both of them pooing because <laughs> it used to be just me sometimes holly that was as far as my jurisdiction yeah. went right well and i would say my honest how uh my honest feedback would be you don't agree with the tony thing? yeah i mean that was dumb we shouldn't have gotten <laughs> sorry tony we shouldn't have gotten you but um I think also just like asking for help and getting help. Like for us, before we obviously had Winnie, people were like, we want to do a meal train for you. And I was like, absolutely not. We don't need our friend's help. We can do it on our own. And then I ended up getting a C-section and like coming home from the hospital and like our friend dropping off food was like literally the best thing that could have happened yeah. to us ever. So, you know, I think your friends really want to help you. So it's like, you know, your friends and family, have them here. Get them involved. <laughs> right, Winnie? <laughs> Winnie's taking you back, and I am going to let her do it. Holly, Joe, Winnie, thank you for taking the time. It really means a lot, and really appreciate your insights. Uh, thanks for being with me on Big Papa's. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. You bet. I'll hit you up for some ASCAT tickets the next time I'm in L.A. <laughs> you got it. Right. <laughs> thanks, guys. Have a great time. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Big Papas. Please take a moment, if you can, to rate and review the show. It goes a long way and will be much appreciated. Big Papas Season 3 is recorded at Audio Process in the Lynx Music Studios here in Toronto. Our engineer is Trey from We Create Media. Our theme song was written, performed, and recorded by Matt Warrysmith. Our logo was designed and produced by Hannah Warrysmith. Big thanks to our exclusive sponsor, Nama Mama. Check out their line of handcrafted, all-natural artisanal products for mama, baby, and the whole family at namamama.com. And don't forget to use our promo code to get 15% off your purchase. Big Papas, all caps, one word. We'll see you next time.